Wow. What a moment. And it's interesting that my son is up here singing those words because those are the very words that I pray over you, Dallas. And I got a little emotional <laughs> during that time because, you know, he returns back to campus this week, so be praying for all of our students returning back to their universities as they step into a new year. His classes will be in person, not online, so we're praying for his protection as he travels back to Oklahoma and goes through. But may his favor be upon you. And may his presence go with you. And we trust the Lord, don't we? We trust the Lord in all things and in all ways. Well, Happy New Year again to you. I hope that you are so ready for what the Lord wants to do in you and through you and in this church and through this church. It is going to be quite the year and quite the journey. And we can't necessarily tell you how it's going to unfold all year long. But as we look through January, we are so excited. We are so excited about this series. We are so excited about this theme and the passage that God has given us for this month. And we are so excited whether you come or whether you connect online for you to take this journey with us in a year of fruit. We believe that if you will truly choose Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you will see a year of fruit like none other. And not just choose him, but root in and hang with him. Stay in it. It won't be easy. We weren't promised easy, but he's given us promises. Right? And so we cling to his promises, and we believe it is going to be a year of good fruit, of good fruit. And we are so excited. And we hope that you're excited too, church. Well, the theme passage for this year is from John 15, 5, and we're going to look at that in just a second. But let's take a look back. Can we do that? Two years ago, Eric briefly mentioned, two years ago this past week, we launched Church of God Sarasota on a Sunday morning at a school near downtown, which was the original church building, which was a great day. It came to life. In 2019, we called it a year of life. And we were so excited, and it did. It came to life. And we watched it live and move and breathe, and we were so excited. And then that, as that year unfolded, we ended up at the Carlisle Inn, and we moved into 2020. And the theme was 2020, a year to flourish. And we did. And you might be like, hmm. But here's the thing. We actually did grow. And we were growing. And we had great momentum. And when the shutdown happened, what I love is that it didn't stop our growth and our momentum. It just changed where it happened. Amen? It changed from all being together in the same room to some being in the room and some being online. And we haven't lost that flourish, fire, so to speak. That, that strength to flourish that God has put in with this church, it just looks different than we expect it to. But I'm going to tell you about 2020, we did. We grew, we flourished. And we had a lot of back and forth as things went online, and then we were together, and then we had to go back online for a little bit. And we did a lot of that, and we ended the year online only because some of us were a little bit sick, and so we had to finish online only. But even during that month, the church remained. We stayed connected. And it has always been perfect. Sometimes it was through a text. Sometimes it was through a Facebook post or an email that went out. Sometimes our Facebook Live was so clear and so spot on and you were so connected. And sometimes there were troubles. But the church remained. And we remained connected. 
And what I told Eric was amazing is that through all the prayer requests that were going out through the end of 2020, that the church in many ways came together. We weren't together at all. We were online. We were in our own homes doing our own things. Some of us sick, some of us well. Some of us were in Ohio. Some of us were here. But we were connected in prayer. Did you see that? The way we were praying for one another. The way we were coming together with encouragement and scripture and song and prayer. I saw the church in a new way through that season. It was an incredible experience to watch us rise up for one another. And even though we did lose a dear friend, the way the church came around Maryland, who was part of our former church and stays connected currently, the way the church came around her was just beautiful. You know, it's fun to have Andrew and Aaron and Shannon Paulden here tonight. And we just celebrate because their, Andrew and Aaron's father ended up very ill on a ventilator. And he was home for Christmas. And we celebrate the way that, that he was able to come back and come home. And so we did see a lot of big movement from the Lord in that month. Even though we weren't together, we all saw it. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? And he's not done. God's not done. And so we're so excited. So we're going to jump into 2021. Here we go. And this is a year of fruit. Now, here's the deal. Everything we do bears fruit. Sometimes it's good fruit and sometimes it's not so good fruit. But everything we do or don't do will bear fruit. Because once we do something, we have set something in motion, potentially created ripples, and that will bear fruit either in us or in others. The things that we don't do, whether it's disobedience or it's self-control, it could be one of those, one reason is good, one reason maybe not as good. But either way, those decisions, they have ripples and it will bear fruit. So everything we do will bear fruit one way or the other. And I want to encourage you this year to choose your fruit. Choose your own journey. Own your own journey. Choose the fruit. And so that means looking ahead. This decision doesn't end here. This decision has ripples. This decision ends like this, most likely. And look forward at what the fruit might be, the potential fruit of your decisions. And own your journey and choose your fruit. I want you to own that tonight. Because 2021 has potential to be a life-changing year, not just in you, but in the church. When we will own our journey with Jesus and we will choose the potential fruit, we will see the church alive and flourishing and bearing fruit. And not just this one, the church around the world. Because those ripples won't just be in Sarasota. Those ripples will be when you go to the grocery store in another state, when you're visiting another place at the gas station. Those ripples are far-reaching. And James is going to Korea. And our ripples, the ripples inside of him of what we're doing here, I believe he's going to take there. And so we're not just talking about Church of God's here, Center. We're talking about the Bride of Christ, the church. There will be much fruit, and we believe in. So we're excited about this year. And we're excited to take that journey with you and to own it for ourselves and to really choose our fruit. So let's look at the scripture. John 15, 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me 
and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's leave it right there for a second. Jesus says, I am the vine. Now here's something interesting. If you will look in John 15 and you go back to the beginning of the chapter, he has already spoken, I am the true vine. Now, if you have been around children, you know that repetition is important. When you're teaching something, repetition is everything. Well, Jesus says it again. I am the vine. He's repeating to teach, and he's repeating to solidify, and he's repeating to disciple, and to raise awareness of what he's saying here. So he says it again. I am the vine. And then he makes it relational. And he gives us a role. You are the branches. And we're going to break down this scripture passage the next four Saturday nights, starting tonight, with I am the vine, you are the branches, and the rest of it we will break down the next three Saturday nights. So don't miss. Don't miss the next three Saturday nights. But let's just look at I am the vine, and you are the branches. You know, it's important that we recognize that all through life, we've had vine branch experiences, such as parent-child, right? Right? I'm the parent, you're the child. You're much taller than me now. But there was a time when truly, in many ways, it, it was up to me to make it happen for you. And you knew where that strength came from, you knew where that life source was, and you were looking to me to be that. And there was a season where I was a single mom and we were in that together and then God brought Big Daddy, so then you started looking to us. But that's a vine branch moment, if you will. Okay? Let's think about it this way. Student teacher. I mentioned James in Korea. He's teaching English to his students there, and he's making a great impact there. They need you because you know how to speak English. And they need you to teach them. And you are kind of, in some ways, the life source to them learning that language. This is a vine branch moment. Another example, coach, athlete. I've coached basketball for a few years. Matter of fact, we were having a little basketball lesson here before church tonight. Trent, who plays bass guitar and does a fabulous job, his son, Herc, brought us basketball tonight. And so Dallas and Herc were playing basketball, and Dallas had taught him how to do a bounce pass. And I noticed that he was putting all of his might from here, and he was throwing it as hard as he could, and starting up here with his head, and trying to get it to Dallas and bouncing it. But as a coach, I know where the power comes from. And so you bring it here, and you step, and you push it. And he pushed about two-thirds of the way to the receiver, and he did it, and it was just right on. Okay, that is a vine branch moment. I do not charge, don't worry, but that is a vine branch moment, and it's coach and student, and that can be in any context, whether it's a bounce pass, or Dallas teaching them how to dribble, or maybe you're teaching English or whatever. Those are vine branch moments, and we are all a product of some vine along the way in our lives. But Jesus says, I am the true vine. In verse one, I am the true vine. And this is repetitive. I am the vine and you are the branches. Now as this passage breaks down, he's talking about a divine life, not the vine, but divine, D-I-V-I-N-E. So Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's talking about how to get to a divine, how to have a divine life. And he is saying, 
in order to have a divine life, you have to know what you're connected to, what your life source is. You want to have an earthly life? Well, you probably the earth, the world will be your life source. You want to have a divine life? I am your life source. I am the vine. You are the branches. And I don't know about you, but I am more intrigued than ever to just link in with Jesus. The things that have happened this past week, let alone this past year, from 2020, I am more interested in Jesus than ever. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. He is my one true vine. And I don't want to just live the, the habits and hangups of other people that I've learned along the way, the other vines in my life. I want to choose my journey, and I want to choose my fruit, and I want my life to reflect back on who Jesus is. And it doesn't just happen. You have to choose it. And it starts with choosing him as your personal Lord and Savior. It starts with saying, I choose Jesus because he chose me on the cross. I choose Jesus. And I want my life to be defined by the vine, the one true vine. You know, we all have different words. And again, this year, the word for the church is fruit. A year of fruit. Well, I have a personal word, and our staff shared all of those. We finally had our Christmas party last night. I'm just going to keep it real. We finally had our Christmas party. It was, a, it was a tough Christmas, but we had a good time last night, and we called it an end-of-the-year Happy New Year party, okay? So we did. And we had a good time. And we all shared what we believe that God is speaking for this year, this coming year. We all shared our personal words and our personal phrases, and it was a wonderful time of sharing and honesty. It was a wonderful time. Well, I'm going to share with you my word. It's a strange word, but the word is second. And what this is going to look like this year for me is that it's always Jesus first. And you're like, well, yeah, no, listen, we don't realize how much we don't put Jesus first. We don't. But I really want it to become a truly. I don't like what shoes am I going to wear. I don't care. I'm not Jesus. I mean, I don't care how simple it gets. I really want to get to a point where it is always Jesus first. And that's going to be a life journey, and I get it. But I want to get even better. I want to get even deeper. I want to go there even more in 2021. Take a second. What this means is literally take a second. So when things come your way, when things happen, and things are happening, if you didn't notice, but when things happen in your, in your circles, or in your home, or in your midst, or in your life, or in your mind. I want to take a second. And I want to go Jesus first. And I want to say, okay, how did he respond to this? Did this make him mad? Okay. Then it's probably worth some emotion. Did Jesus get upset about this? Then I probably need to calm down. Did he care about this? I need to too. I want to take a second. I don't want to miss the life of Christ by just reacting or knee-jerk reactions to things in life. I want to see Jesus first, and I want to think on how he handled things, and I want to do it like him. I can never be him, but I can learn of him. He's my life source. He's my mind. 
and I can be like him. And I want to take a second and consider not the popular bracelets, but truly, what would Jesus do? What would he say? How would he respond? And then, honestly, I'm moving into the second half of my life. That actually started a couple years ago. I'm going to be 47 this month, actually, January 28th. And I'm going to be 47, which I think is a great number. I think 47 sounds fun. I know that sounds strange, but Eric's been 47 for almost a year, and I've been jealous, to be honest, okay? So I'm excited about being 47, but probably the second half of my life started at 45. And so I've been thinking about that, but to just this past week, it dawned on me that I'm entering the second half of my life, and I hadn't thought about it that way. And I can tell you this, as I enter the second half of my life, I really want to own it. And I'm going to look ahead, and I'm going to decide if I make it that far, if I make it to 80 and 90 and all those ways, if God has a fit for me to go there, or if Jesus doesn't come back before, then how, where do I want to end up? God, give me vision for what you have in my life. And I want to start planting those seeds now. I want to start planting the seeds for the second half of my life in this moment. And I don't want to wait till I'm there and expect that there to be fruit that I didn't start bearing way back here. And so if I were to second, Jesus first, take a second, think on the second half of your life and be intentional with those choices. Well, the take a second is really one that I really want to encourage you guys in tonight because the truth is there are going to be things that come in and out of your life without you realizing it, whether it's on the road, whether it's at a workplace, whether it's in your family dynamics, or whether it's just a financial thing, marriage thing, you name it, friendship thing, things are gonna come in and out of your life. And when we take a second and we remember what we are and what we're connected to, then we respond, not like we're the vine. We respond recognizing where our help comes from, where our strength comes from. And our response, when we take a second and we go back to Jesus first, that's when we realize, no, 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 I'm just a branch. Jesus is my life source. He is my strength. He is my wisdom. And I can take a second. I can ask him, Jesus, how would you have me handle this? But when we think, look at me, I'm a tree. I'm a vine. Look how strong I am. Then when things like that happen, we react in our flesh so often. But I want the fruit of my life not just to be when I'm just intentionally living and all that, but when things come my way, how I respond to those things in those moments. And I mentioned earlier vine and branch moments in our lives, and I'm thankful to be a branch in the Mobley Garden, if you will, okay? I'm thankful to be a branch in the Mobley Garden. But I can literally say that I am learning and have learned so much from my parents. And now I'm able to pass that down to my children. But let me tell you this, whether it might be singing, might be we get and we love and we want to be part of the church body. But if it's not simply telling them, you have to own your own faith. You have to know, you have to be your own branch. And you gotta know Jesus yourself then if I'm not careful, I'm making them spiritually anemic. And so I'm thankful to be in the Mali Garden. Don't hear me wrong. But it's the kingdom life. It's the vines of the kingdom, the branches of the kingdom that I am so thankful to be a part of. May 
my heritage be that of the kingdom, the holy life, the divine life. May what I pass down be so much bigger than us, so much bigger than the Mobleys. But I have learned so much from them, and I pray that I keep learning from them. But I pray that never will the lessons that they give me be about what they give me, but how I can pass it on in Christ and how I can point it back to Jesus. I'm thankful that they taught me this little song a long time ago. I am the vine, ye are the branches, if you remain in me and I in you. The same bringeth forth much fruit, but without me ye can do nothing. That is scripture to song. I learn it my whole life, and I'm thankful for the songs. But if I don't apply it, it has no power. You hear me? We have a lot of songs in our heart. We have a lot of scripture memorized. But if we don't apply it, it has no power. And so when the walls close in, apply that song in your heart. And believe that Jesus, the very vine that is the strength of your life, is with you. When the darkness closes in, speak those words that you've memorized, that scripture you've memorized, and put it into action, speaking it against the dark forces of this world. Ah, man, back in December and back in November, you've heard me say this, I experienced Jesus like never before, and I can't wait to tell you story after story after story of how I sensed him and felt him and saw him in those days. But I can tell you this, there were moments that I was so ill, driving, the day I drove my mom to the ER where she was admitted, I was so ill. And all I wanted to do was lay down. But there was this haunting feeling that I needed to check her oxygen. And it was dangerously low. And I, it, wasn't even a, it wasn't even really truly like a thought. It was just clear. Because here's the thing, you ready? Seven to eight days before that moment, I was speaking to a friend whose mother was hospitalized with COVID and low oxygen levels. And I said to her, what are some of the indicators that I need to watch for? And she told me, if it gets below this number, they're probably gonna want to admit her. She definitely needs to go to the hospital. And so fast forward eight days later, I'm standing there with my mom, and I read her oximeter, and it's below that number. And I knew, we gotta go to the ER. And I was so sick, and I was so exhausted, and I just wanted to go to bed. I said, Mom, get dressed for one of the ER. You see, I have been prepared in a vine branch moment by a wise woman. Listen to me. You may not know how to handle the darkness and the walls that continue to close in, but I'm telling you, there is a vine, and his name is Jesus. And if you will reach into him and remain in him, he will prepare you for the moments, and he will show up in the moments, and he will guide you in the moments, and he will educate you and give you wisdom in the moments that you didn't even know you could have. You might even take a second to remember what he's spoken to you and to remember what you're connected to and remember who you are. But in him, you will find your life. You will move and find your being, I promise you. And it might not be easy, but he's the true line. Can we look at just a couple things he's done for us? And I know you know them. But he was in heaven with God. 
When all creation came to pass, he was in heaven. And imagine how great that was. He, I wouldn't want to come here. I'd want to stay there. But God had an assignment. And Jesus came to earth. And he came to earth as a baby. Baby Phoenix is here tonight, and I'm telling you what, I couldn't stop kissing that little head. Mwah, I love that little baby. He's so sweet. He's such a reminder of the hope and the promise and the miracles that await our church, I believe. But anyway, when Jesus came to earth as a baby, and he had to grow just like we do. And he was on earth, not of this world, but in this world. And he had to live, and he had to grow, and of course we don't have a lot of information on some of his years, but at just the right time, his ministry began. And when his ministry began, things started changing. Miracles started taking place. He started inviting people into his life so he could pour into them, and so he could show them how to have and live a divine life. And he started traveling, and God started showing his glory through Jesus. And he had an incredible ministry, an impactful ministry, with miracles and blessing that were changing people's lives and has completely changed the world. But because he was the perfect, spotless lamb, it couldn't just be like that. You say one, see, once and for all, there had to be a sacrifice that would be for all men and women. The forgiveness of our sins. And he, listen, a lot of people think we took his life. No, he laid down his life. No one took it from him. He laid his life down. And when he laid his life down, he made a way. You see, we have God, holy, us, unholy. And when Jesus laid his life down, he made a way for us to come to God if we would believe. Thank you, Jesus. And in perfect glorification of God, three days later, he rose from the grave. Because death doesn't have the final answer. The grave doesn't have the final answer. When we are connected to the vine, the cross has the final answer. Amen? And so he rises three days later, and he walks the earth. And what I love, what he did in those days, he went to his disciples, who in fear and confusion went back to what they knew. They forgot they were a branch. And he went and found them. And he went to them. And he called them to himself. And Peter comes to him, jumps out of the boat, comes to him. And he sits with Jesus on the shoreside. And he reinstates Peter. And he reminds Peter, I am the vine, you are the branch, and I have a flock I need you to feed. I need fruit I need you to bear. Peter, do you love me? Yes, you know I love you. And he says, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, then feed my lambs. Three times, because there was an important number with the three and the things that had happened to that moment. And he reinstated Peter, and Peter went to live an incredibly beautiful life of giving Jesus all the glory. It wasn't so beautiful in the fact that persecution was real and death was imminent. But let me tell you something. The beautiful gospel flowed out of him. And then Jesus gathers his disciples and he ascends into heaven 
to sit down at the right hand of the throne of God, waiting for the time that God will send him back to take us home, where he will come back and gather his fruit and take us home. And I don't know about you guys, but these last couple of years have made me really long for heaven. And I can't wait for him to come back and gather his fruit, but there's work to do. We need more fruit. We need more souls saved. We need people discipled and raised up to live a divine life in Jesus. And we're gonna see some of that happen this year through this church, and I know it with all of my heart. May it start with me, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you love us enough to come find us when we've forgotten that we're a branch. You see the one true vine? He's our living hope. There's a lot of hope for a new year, but it's just kind of out there. But in Jesus, it's alive. He's our living hope because no matter what comes our way, we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today, amen? Well, as we get ready to sing and worship this night out, let me pray over you. Lord, we thank you that in every season, you remind us not just of who you are, but what you called us to. And first and foremost, you called us to yourself. And we thank you, Lord, that you see us and that you want us and that you made a way for us. God, I pray tonight, Jesus saying that if there's someone out there that hasn't chosen you as the personal Lord and Savior, that they would choose it in this hour, this moment, that they would choose to link into the one true line and that their life source would be the eternal King of kings and Lord of lords, that no more the world would have a hold on them, but that they would link into Jesus and that they would link into the life source that brings lasting fruit, fruit that will make a difference in them and fruit that will make a difference through them. And God, we thank you that we can come together tonight in person and online and talk about the one true vine. His name is Jesus. We thank you for that freedom, and we don't miss it, Lord. And we pray tonight that we will choose our journey and choose our fruit, that we will draw a line in the sand, that we will no more just knee-jerk react to the things around us, but that instead we will consider the consequences, we will consider the outcomes, and that we will own our journey and choose our fruit for the days to come. Lord, may I be a disciple that takes a second and puts my thoughts back on you. We love you, Lord, and we recognize that you are the only living hope in this world. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.